You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Streaming services, they're all the rage. They have been for quite some time and we're all, we all have one. Whether you, you're on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Showmax, all of them are available. But which one is really the best to go with? Uh, they each offer very different value points and we're going to take a look at that uh, both from uh, an offering point of view, a content point of view and possibly even from an investment point of view. Joined on the line by Leslie Adams who is a sales director at Reach Africa to take a look at this. Good evening Leslie, thanks for taking the time. Let's start with multi-choice. Why not? Let's start with multi-choice. They've been on uh, a big drive for for local content. They've just launched or announced the launch of Showmax 2.0 and it's even cheaper than the first Showmax at 89 Rand uh, a month. Um, Their their unique edge and their unique value proposition has always been local content. Um, Is this going to continue to serve them well? It absolutely will. I think Multitrace is a really great example of paying school fees early, making the adjustments and trying to draw a plot a way forward in the African market. When it comes to African market, like any other market, in fact, Africa is not unique to this. Local, localized content where the audience can see themselves as part of the content is the way to success. Africa adds an additional sort of layer of complexity around connectivity prices, the, the avoidance of subscriptions. So we are very price sensitive. We are locally driven and, and motivated. But we'll have to see, wait and see how the rejigged and relaunched uh, Showmax 2.0 actually will work in, the, in our region. Let's look, uh, Leslie, let's take a look at uh, Netflix next, right? So Netflix has uh, gone a slightly different route. They do want, uh, they did announce a big investment into local content. I think it was some to the tune of some 900 million rand in uh, local South African content. And they have been wanting to expand their reach. Their subscriber base has grown recently um, as per the numbers that they reported. But they've also now introduced live events. They, will, they announced that they've partnered with TKO, uh, which is now the new group that owns the uh, world wrestling entertainment business and uh, the UFC business and the WWE business is now coming on board for live events. How is that going to change up what we know from Netflix as that 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 place to binge series or binge bundled packages? How is live events going to change their offering? I think globally we've seen a really a, a pullback trend in terms of growth across the board. With a couple of years ago, Netflix seeing the first drop in it in subscriber base as a whole. They very recently announced their financial results showing a growth both in subscriber base and overall revenue. Um, but they're also really a great case study for in terms of paying the school fees and adapting very quickly. Uh, famously, Ted, uh, the CEO of, of, of Netflix, said they will never have advertising on Netflix and subsequently have now announced that it will have advertising on Netflix. Similarly, so they've also moved into the sports arena, which they, we've, if you look at the global case studies of Apple TV with, with the MLS and, and, and Amazon with the NFL, Sports seems to be the new big ticket to garner and, and grow subscribers within the sort of streaming space. One of the biggest threats right now in streaming is ultimately churn. So yes, we'll all try out a streaming service, we'll all watch a show or two, but the moment we don't see value, we tune out, we stop subscribing. Sport is one of those creative ways, one of those ways where we can dial into a, an existing audience who are willing to pay the, the price to watch the, the sport they love. And this, is, this looks to be the next sort of frontier for streaming services, not only um, internationally, but also locally, because you'll also see, similarly to, 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 to Netflix no, launching and partnering with the WWE, um, Showmax has launched a, a, an EPL package specifically focusing on soccer. So it's definitely a trend that I can see growing um, not only locally, but internationally. 
I like that you're bringing the sport element into it because at some point that was the only thing that really kept a lot of people subscribed to platforms like DSTV before streaming. And I wonder with multi-choice as well, cutting a lot of those sporting deals very, very close last year, uh, things around the Cricket World Cup and um, not being able to finalize those deals. Do you think there's, this is an area of opportunity that others might be able to leverage off of? I know uh, the likes of ESPN are often bundled with Hulu's and other uh, platforms. I mean, ESPN is owned by Walt Disney and we will look into Disney in a second. Do you think this is an area of opportunity on the sporting side that someone like Disney might be able to take advantage of? So the dirty little secret in sports broadcasting is that profits and licensing fees have been falling for years now. So the audiences on TV for sport has been actually in decline, not in the growth trajectory. And streaming looks to be a, a savior for a lot of these sort of sporting houses where they're looking to find ways to increase the finance and the, and the, the revenues for each of their, their sporting codes. So it's a really great example, for example, for the MLS, which is quite a sort of regionalized football league in in in, in America, and which is quite a niche sport. Soccer is not a big sport in the U.S., but then you come to the table with a with an Apple as a partner who pumps in 100, 200, 300 million to license that sport. Suddenly, you have this massive cash injection. So on the one hand, you've got streaming partners who are willing to dig deep into their pockets and spend big to acquire the sporting codes, which obviously makes them a preferred partner to likes of the MLS or an EPL or, or, or in, our, in our case, the, the, the rugby union. What's quite interesting about it actually is that these audiences who follow these sporting codes will then obviously shift their spend. I think you, you mentioned at the top of the question that for a long, long time, many, many consumers said they stayed with DSCB premium because of the sport. Now that you offer more options at possibly a lower, a lower uh, cost, I think it will sway quite a lot of subscribers to switch from their traditional pay TV into the streaming service. But it'll also cost the, the streaming service quite a bit of a pretty buck to license those sports as well. Mm. I suppose it is easier for, uh, well, for, for the likes of Apple uh, with the MLS deals, you, uh, it is a bit difficult. But it is easier for the likes of Disney, given that they own something like ESPN. But this has been Disney's play, right? So Disney's gone, instead of saying we're going to sort of adapt to some of the other conditions, they've gone the Apple route. And this is what Apple did with its initial business model. We're going to build the ecosystem around us. We're going to own all our content. They took back everything from Marvel. They own all of ESPN. So effectively, they've decided to say... We're going to control the content. And if you want that particular content, you could, you'd have to come through to Disney Plus, for example, to catch the Marvel content that we've taken off of Netflix. Is that a smart strategy? On one hand, it looks to be a very smart strategy, especially when you have a library and a content library strength of the, of the likes of Disney. Mm. What I do think is interesting is that we've seen different partners where they do have more niche content try to use a strategy and fail. I think what's quite interesting, though, ultimately, is that the more, the more we see streaming services behave like pay TV, we see that it almost seems as if you're going full circle for the consumer because ultimately we can only afford to pay for so much. I, I read many, many articles on the regular where we, where we compare streaming services. You can subscribe to seven or eight streaming services for the same cost as a DSTV premium account. Mm. But ultimately delivering, ultimately delivering exactly the same value. So what's going to be quite interesting in, 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 in time to come is to sort of see how this sort of content library strength and then diversity of streaming services can actually benefit the end consumer because no one service provides all the content that any, any one consumer needs. And I think that's quite critical to understand that as much as we have the juggernauts of Netflix and the juggernauts of, of Disney, they don't meet every single requirement of a household that wants to consume content on a, on a regular basis, which means we have to subscribe to more than one. Mm. And unfortunately, given the cost of living, 
they, there's, a, there's a limit to how many we can subscribe to. Mm. Let's move away from the juggernauts for a second, uh, Leslie. Let's look at something small like uh, a Vayu, for example, which by comparison might be considered quite small. Uh, they're, they're out of Hong Kong, but they've also gone with a slightly different approach. They've gone for a bundled offering where they partner with a Vodacom and you can access their service through a Vodacom in South Africa. Is that uh, competing on the same scale at this stage or is it one of those things where it's a preference point of view to say uh, someone wants to watch K-dramas and Korean dramas which predominantly would be found there uh, it's easier to get that from a preference point of view uh, or from a value point of view as you alluded to so I think it's a pretty interesting sort of exercise to explore because I think what VIU or VIU um, shares with us and shows that the market is willing to do is accept to pay to take on more free content in exchange for ads now if you told early streamers would you would you trade your 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 ad your ad free environment for a low subscription? They would have they would have said absolutely not. But now that we're further down the pipeline and having all these streaming servers, which it costs you seven eight hundred bucks to subscribe to every single one of them, it now becomes a question of if I only have five hundred bucks, what is the best way to access value and value for content so that I can consume on a regular basis? And this is where View does really well because the when it comes to Hollywood content, a lot of the Hollywood content is shared across all of the all of the streaming services. So you'll find the same Hollywood content on Evod, on View, or on Showmax. The differentiator is to their own content, and then of course their local investment into local content. Mm. But the business model around not paying for content, we are very familiar with by using our everyday YouTube. And I think as things as our belts become a little tighter, platforms like View will see a spike in growth simply because to access that level of content at no charge is very attractive to the consumer. Mm. So, Leslie, um, if I have, I mean, you, you touched on this limited budget thing, right? So if I've got a limited budget, let's say I've got a thousand rand and I'm looking at the juggernauts, I'm looking at Walt Disney, I'm looking at Netflix, I'm looking at multi-choice. Where do I buy as an investor uh, looking to invest in these? I mean, multi-choice is up about two and a half percent for this month. It hasn't broken back above the hundred rand uh, level. Uh, Netflix, on the other hand, is up 15 percent for the month. It's at about five hundred and fifty six dollars, nearing that six hundred dollar range there. And Walt Disney has been sort of range bound trading at around ninety four dollars. It is up about three point seven percent for this particular month, uh, sitting at about ninety four dollars. So as an investor, do you then invest based on um, how the business models are structured considering you want to maximize on the future potential of these businesses. Um, they've all got stable uh, management teams in place. I don't think there are any real concerns around management. Uh, the likes of Bob Iger have returned to uh, Disney where, they, where he had left in the past. So uh, it, assuming all other things are equal and we're basing this on what the value is that they add into the market, where do you put your money? I think when I'll, I'll have to take an earnings look at, at that approach. I think quite simply, Netflix has released their, released their earnings quite recently. And on every single market indicator, they're doing well. They're growing subscriber base. They're growing in terms of profitability, which, by the way, Disney is not. Disney is growing, but they're not making very much money while doing that. So it's, that's quite an interesting one. On the flip side of that is I think multi-choice has always remained a very strong and steady business. And, and their growth and their strength on the African continent, I think, is to be admired because we see announcements coming out from, from the likes of Amazon who are pulling out of Africa because they just can't compete at the same level of multi-choice. So it just gives you an idea of the strength of our local players to invest in. So if you, if you had to ask me where would, I, where would I bet, naturally, I think because Netflix is the only profit maker in the space, 
Netflix is a definite. And of course, MultiChoice is still a solid business all around, be it pay TV, be it streaming, and their value-added services. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll uh, see how these uh, companies continue to perform throughout the rest of the year. Obviously, those numbers will fluctuate as subscribers move around. But thanks so much for your insights. That's Leslie Adams, who is the sales director at Reach Africa, on his thoughts around streaming services and the battle of streaming services. Which one comes out on top? You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.